Hey, Elliot, have you gotten to see the uh, season premiere of Star Wars Rebels yet? You know, I haven't had a chance yet. I've been hearing all about it on social media. Been trying to stay spoiler free, but you know, like, kind of what's been going on? Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing as uh, as when we left them last season. You know, basically, Kanan's off on his own because he was hurt at the end, and Ezra, well, he, he's kind of tempted by the dark side because you know, the last time they introduced an angsty teen who was tempted by the dark side, it worked out so well for everybody. Well, that just shows what happens when you don't get to go to Tashi Station to pick up those power converters. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Servato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Can somebody tell me what the hell is going on? Take these two over to the garage, will you? I want them cleaned up for dinner. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. Geek Counter Geek number 68. Keith Conrad here, along with uh, Elliot Serrano. Elliot, I hope you're having a, a wonderful weekend. We're only one episode away from my all-time favorite episode. A, a co-worker of mine, uh, especially this time of year, we're having a, a, a lot of fun with uh, that being the current temperature. But, uh, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> Well, actually, technically, this could have been that episode had it not been for the lost episode. That's true. So in some ways, in some ways it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, as uh, you know, last week was our, our very first episode on the Radio Misfits podcast network. And uh, I noticed uh, they are just promoting the hell out of it on social media, which is which is fantastic. It actually made me feel really guilty. Like, you know, like, gee, I would only mention it like once a week. And they're like five times a day. So, well, you know, that's well, that's why we pay them the big bucks. Exactly. And, and, you know, if you like uh, Geek Counter Geek, you might also want to check out uh, Lasano and Friends with uh, Tony Lasano and his friends, hence the name, you know. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, they actually record their episodes in the, uh, the Radio Hall of Fame at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, which, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good get for them. Wow. Well, well uh, I've, I've just been listening to the Dishing Bitches on, uh, on um, Radio Misfits. I know a couple of them, so, you know, hey, why not? Oh. I, I'm, finally in a, I'm finally in the club with the Dishing Bitches. It's a lifelong dream, isn't it? Yeah, but being able to hang out with, you know, hot women. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. So, uh, and actually, as part of, uh, you know, sort of relaunching the show with our friends at the Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network. We, we have uh, Twitter, obviously, at Geek Counter Geek, and also uh, created a Facebook page for the show as well. You know, they're still kind of in the embryonic stage, but, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be turning that into something cool, hopefully, in, in you know, in the, the days, weeks, and months to come. So you'll definitely want to pay attention to that. You know, basically all the all the stuff that you know, sort of between shows that we that we we can't get to, or maybe things we'll talk about in the future. And you know, um, just things that we can annoy you with. Exactly, and uh, you know, if you want to follow us on Twitter, individual like, uh, I'm at Keith R Conrad because I couldn't get Keith Conrad on Twitter. I I like to think I'm an early adapter, but uh, I couldn't get that one. You, on the other hand, did get Elliot Serrano. Well, because I'm the only uh, Elliot that spells it with two T's, as God intended. Right. Did, did I ever tell you the story about, uh, so, so when you Google me, 
Uh, I am actually like the second Keith Conrad that comes up. And, and that's always bothered me just a little bit. Not, I don't lose any sleep over it, but I, you know, I, I wonder what I have to do in my life to actually become the top Keith Conrad when you search Keith Conrad on Google. And uh, so the first one that pops up is actually a, a mathematician at UConn named Keith Conrad. So pretty much exactly the opposite of me, because I can barely add. And he's a mathematician. But uh, one day I was trying to book an interview when I was at uh, WGN, and the guy emails me back and said, hey, I almost deleted this email because I thought it was my friend Keith Conrad, the mathematician from UConn. <laughs> so, is, that, is that on the guy's uh, business cards, Keith Conrad, the mathematician from UConn? I, I like to think so, yeah. So I, I mean, you, you should just put down uh, Keith Conrad and not the mathematician from UConn. I think that would fit on a business card. Yeah, th that, would, that would work out pretty well. Um, so as we're, nerds. right, exactly. Yeah, there, there's a, that is pretty much the defining, uh, defining characteristic. You know, if, if you're, <laughs> if you're into math, you're a nerd. If you're not into math, but into other things, you're a geek. I, I think that's it, right? Well, it's the whole, um, geeks have passion, nerds have technical ability. A geek will give you a walkthrough on that RPG a nerd will make sure that your RAM is configured properly. Yeah, yeah, that, that pretty much uh, sums it up. So uh, we we're talking a little bit in, in the open about, uh, about uh, Star Wars Rebels, but as you mentioned, you haven't seen it, so I guess, uh, you know, we won't, we won't go into that too heavily. Because I, I wouldn't want to spoil it for you. Well, I mean, I, I've seen all the trailers, all the, you know, the previews. I know, <clears throat> of course, Grand Admiral Thrawn has been drawn in from the um, um, Star Wars expanded universe, um, which made a lot of EU fans happy because of, after the, um, the Lucas story group decided to just kind of wipe away all the previous expanded universe books, people got really angry. And they said, how dare you? As Star Wars fans tend to do sometimes. How dare you wipe away decades of some really good, although some really good stories with a whole bunch of not so good stories with a few really bad stories. <laughs> How dare you get rid of all of them? <laughs> well, wasn't there like a, and I, I, I have read some of the expanded universe, but not, uh, not all of them. Wasn't there like some alien invasion subplot at the end? The Yuzon Bong, yes. Yeah. These were aliens from another galaxy that were coming into um, the Star Wars galaxy, and, and you know, in Star Wars, it seems like an alien invasion story. That's a seems a little out of place. Yeah, uh, which, uh, from what I understand, was something they were teasing at, um, introducing some elements of in the Clone Wars. Had Clone Wars uh, considered, you know, was able to continue. There's actually artwork out there. They were thinking about having the Jedi Knights deal with the Yuuzhan Vong at some point, which would, would kind of would have been interesting. <clears throat> there are certain also. There's a, there are other elements from that that um, should be brought into the, um, the Rebels with when they introduce Thrawn, who has this technology which helps them counter the Force. So, you know, we'll see if they have those particular these. Um, is sort of like. Um, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Maybe he did. Maybe they've already revealed it, and you already know. But um, he has these sort of um, creatures that he drapes around him, sort of like a, 
sort of like you would with a like a fur scarf or something you know i don't know um no they haven't done that yet so far he's just blue with red eyes and he tends to be a very methodical at everything that he does very methodical all righty well he's very good so we'll see uh, I, I i gotta see how they account for him not being around for the battle of yavin because um if if, if grand admiral throng is around for the battle of yavin the rebels don't win uh yeah that's that's a good point um yeah so much like um kaden and and ezra you're kind of assuming that they're gonna you know that he's gonna kick it before this is all over and really you know all the bad guys that have run into kaden and, and ezra they they haven't made it out anyway so i guess it's to be expected yeah we still have darth maul i mean <laughs> who by the way is the baddie who just who just won't give up he just keeps coming oh, back just keeps coming back i remember because <clears throat> i'll be honest i kind of gave up on the clone wars after a bit um so because it, i just wasn't really wasn't working for me um so when rebels started and then they brought uh um darth maul i'm like all right okay well um sure <laughs> the guy got cut in half and brought back and he just yeah you're right he won't give up and the okay the guy has no lower lower torso i would think you need a lower lower torso to survive you know i um i get my lower torso cut off i'm taking that as a sign i should retire <laughs> and I know I'm going to have folks go, but Elliot, Luke got his hand cut off, and he's fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. Getting your hand cut off, getting even a limb cut off is different from having your lower, lower torso cut off. That's yeah. Just yeah. Much. Um, yeah, you usually don't walk that off, literally. <laughs> but rub a little dirt on it, you know? <laughs> Come on. It's, just a, you know, it's a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah. So um, you've got a, a side project that you've been working on for a little while, a homies. How's that coming along? Uh, it's funny. I'm getting up to the fourth script now, uh, homies, for those who've not listened to this podcast before and um, who are not familiar with the uh, characters from the 90s. is based on... Um, the, well, the homies are a series of characters that people would have, if you went to your local carniceria, you know, your Spanish produce store back in the nineties, mm -hmm. they were sold as little toys in the uh, vending machines. There were toys, there were stickers later on, there were, um, t-shirts and believe it or not, phone cards, phone cards became very big with the homies on them. Well, that would have been about the right time period for phone cards to be big. Yeah, and David Gonzalez, uh, artist based out of um, out of uh, Los Angeles, created them, made a lot of money on them. Um, has been doing a lot of um, other artwork, licensing the characters for um, different um, prop, you know, different types of properties. He's uh, given Dynamite Entertainment, my publisher that I work for, for the most part, um, the license to homies, the characters, and we are creating a comic book series based on these, um, based on them. And it's kind of like, I always tell everyone, it's sort of like Archie Comics meets um, um, Blood In, Blood Out, you know? It's a urban, urban street culture in East LA, um, told through the the 
a prism of the romantic comedy comic, which is kind of what, you know, Archie Comics is. You know, I never thought of it that way, but it, I guess Archie Comics is, isn't it? Yeah. And then, so it's all these different stories with these characters that, you know, people, if, if you only collected the little figures, you probably weren't entirely familiar with the characters, you know. I mean, David wrote backstories for every one of these characters. Some of them, um, he told very few stories when he wrote uh, these um, cartoon strips or one-page uh, one stories for Lowrider magazine. You know, he wrote and drew them himself, and they were very popular in Lowrider. Um, but then there was no, there's never been a comic book. So I was asked if I'd be interested in partnering with David to write a comic, and I pitched all these ideas to David about the different types of adventures the homies could have in their um, in their 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 community. It's called Barrio Quien Sabe. It's a you know kind of like a, a fictionalized you know um, um, Hispanic neighborhood, but you know lots of lots of different cultures there. And uh, it's supposed to be anywhere in particular, or could it be anywhere? East LA, no, okay. East LA. yeah, and um, it's it's the fun part is coming up with these stories in a kind of a hyper real uh, sense. Um, the, these characters are very much like folks you might know, um, you know, especially if you hung out, you know, you know, in a Spanish neighborhood. I'm drawing a lot of stuff from my experiences when I was a kid, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago. And um, although there is a, a bit of a difference between the vernacular, between Southside Chicago and East L.A., <laughs> um, I, I write a script and then David goes through and he really like tweaks it so it sounds more like, you know, how the Chicanos and Latinos in East L.A. would speak. And uh, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's uh, got artwork by Andrew Huerta, who is this, um, you know, up-and-coming artist he does his own book right now called sovereign that's kind of fun and he's trying to you know get his style you know out there really really fun looking book it's going to be it's very different than what i think a lot of folks are accustomed to the the art style everything it's going to have a nice it's going to have a good funky different type of look a very urban feel and um and speaking of uh, Star Wars and those influences on me, yes, the fourth issue that I'm working on right now involves the alien member of the homies. He's named Alien Essay. <laughs> An immigrant from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> I did not create this character, mind you. David not, created this. So, what, When does this come out? Because if it's before November, now Donald Trump's going to want to build a wall around space. and around, it's, yes. it's just going to be a mess. It's going to be like uh, like the shields uh, in um, Return of the Jedi, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like the shield around the, new, the, the second Death Star. He's going to want to put a shield around the entire planet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, where, and will Harrison Ford be there to, you know, get the shields dropped, you know, in time? Well, I, I, I don't know after what happened in, uh, in episode, uh, episode seven. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, yeah, well, that that, uh, that sounds interesting. So, so it's never any uh, episode, uh, never any effort to explore their 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 backstories and their histories before. This is the first uh, this is the first time anybody's done that. 
Right now, yeah, with or these types of stories, there's never been a comic book before. And um, a lot of the stories that David told in Lowrider magazine were kind of like little tone poems, you know, yeah. um, art with with um, maybe lyrics of a, a poem he wrote or certain songs and or you know just different things that he talked about. And um, and yeah, but. but He's, I don't think he's ever had an alien immigrant in any of his. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably an original idea. Yeah. So the book is coming out uh, in October. Should be coming out in October. Yeah, just in time for like you know the third presidential debate. Oh well, now if you want if you want commentary on the debate, you really should be picking up uh, the book I did that just came out a few weeks ago, which was um, the Army of Darkness. Uh, election special where Ash from the Evil Dead series and Army of Darkness actually uh, finds himself running for president. Uh, and that was my commentary on the whole political process. So well, you know, at, be at this point, the way this election is going, I'd vote for him in a second. Well, <laughs> read the story. Uh, there is a very, uh, let's just say, um, this is the, uh, I came up with a way for the third party candidate. To uh, to actually make some noise. Oh, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> so so yeah. it, it is fall, which uh, also means that uh, new TV shows are showing up all over the place. And um, I, I've watched the, uh, the the pilots for for Pitch, the uh, Fox series, which follows uh, the the first woman to play in the major leagues. It's very good, and the the interesting well. Now, I was about to say something interesting about the pilot, but it's a huge spoiler about the pilot, so I'm not sure that I want to do that. But uh, it, it is very good and definitely worth uh, worth checking out, and it'll be interesting to see how they, um, you know, how they how they carry out you know the rest of the season and beyond with uh, with this character, and also designated survivors on ABC, and that uh, that has uh, Kiefer Sutherland in the, the next logical step in his career. Uh, to be president, although I think isn't Kiefer Sutherland uh, Canadian? I believe so. Yeah, yeah but, but, uh, but he's he's also played you know he's also played a member of he's been a counter terrorist um, specialist, and of course he's also been um, a, 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 a sergeant in our military. We're you know frontline infantry. Oh, that's right. He was in uh, he was in a few good men, wasn't he? Well, that too. Oh, about his 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 uh his appearance in The Simpsons. Oh, that's right. Well, I think that was kind of supposed to be a, uh, a, you know, kind of a parody of of a few good men. Right, but he yeah. would just tell everyone that they would be they were tasked for frontline infantry. And uh, last week, uh, you know, we were lamenting as usual the fact that uh, you know all these reboots were not getting a Quantum Leap reboot. And uh, it was actually pointed out to me that uh, Timeless, which I believe is on NBC, actually uh, it debuts uh, this week, I think on Tuesday. So probably about the time people are first getting their chance to listen to this episode. Um, it's basically a Quantum Leap reboot. I mean, uh, you know, they don't leap in and out of people, but they do keep going back and forth to different eras in history. So it's not... It's not too far-fetched to say that's a bit of a Quantum Leap-ish series. True. And uh, Scott Bakula did appear on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert to do a Quantum Leap bit. So, yeah. Oh, was that, uh, was that this week or recently? Or? Last week, yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to pop open the YouTubes and take a look at that. 
Yeah. So it's like they were listening to us. You know, we really need to figure out some way to copyright everything that's mentioned in this podcast because, you know, it seems to be happening, you know, more and more often that uh, people are taking our ideas and running with them. And, and running with them. It's clearly that they're hearing it from us. I mean, there's no other explanation. No, because, you know, I'm pretty sure that we people, some folks have us on this continuous loop. And they're probably even listening to us in their sleep. Well, I believe that they are they are running us on continuous loop in Gitmo, uh, you know, to to to, to break uh, you know prisoners there. I, I believe I've heard that. <laughs> Guantanamo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be wow. Wow. You know, here I go. I, I make things dark again. That's, I know. This, uh, I could check that one off the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so that'll be interesting to see. And uh, like I said, at least as far as people put any stock into what I say about uh, uh, TV shows, uh, both Pitch and Designated Survivor are pretty good. Have, have you seen either of those yet at this point? Not yet. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Pitch. Um, was a little bit uh, eh, so so on Designated Survivor, but I have been hearing a lot of good things about it. So I'll probably give it a shot. Yeah, it uh, it's definitely an, an interesting premise. And I, I think that, I don't know if it's because I'm in, you know, because I work in basically the, you know, the, the news realm. Uh, that's something I'm, I'm always kind of interested in, you know, when uh, whenever there's a State of the Union or a joint, you know, address to Congress, they'll always say who the, you know, the doomsday cabinet member is. And I always think, you know, what, what's going through their mind right now? Well, <laughs> First, is that true? I mean, okay, see, because here's the thing. There is a bit, I remember reading Damon Lindelof um, wrote a column about this a while back about you come up saying that um, it's a story that he's heard, that he wrote about um, the astronauts who were on the space shuttle on 9-11 mm-hmm. and that the... Um, on the day of 9-11, as the space shuttle was uh, passing over um, overhead, um, the astronauts could look down and they could see that something happened in New York City. And that um, they asked what happened. And the um, and then Mission Control told them, well, the, the Twin Towers have just fallen. There's been a, you know, a terrorist strike. And because one of the astronauts on the space shuttle had family, you know, had a, a loved one who worked in the Twin Towers, they said, I wish you hadn't told me that. And that since then, whenever things happen to the astronauts, that if something affects them, they have that information withheld for them from them so it doesn't jeopardize the mission. And, they're oh, going yeah. out, and, and that actually comes up in The Martian because um, both in the book and in the movie, they're debating whether or not to tell the, uh, t- to tell the crew that they left somebody living, you know, that rather than Mark Watney dying on Mars, he's actually alive. And there's some debate within NASA as to whether or not to tell the crew because, you know, from, from, from NASA's point of view back on Earth, flying in space is dangerous enough, so you don't need, you know, you don't need to be distracted by something like that. And I, I think it's the same idea that, um, you know, do, doing what you're doing on the International Space Station or the Space Shuttle that that's enough you don't need any you don't need to be thinking oh my god did my loved one make it out of the twin towers correct and then at the end and i was going wow i never thought of that that is such a great idea I never thought they considered that and then in the next paragraph lindelof goes and i just made all that up 
that doesn't really exist. Then NASA doesn't really do that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and so I'm there going, hold on. Hey, so wait, do they really have a cabinet member who who is set aside for every you know State of the Union address? Because I can see a lot of Republicans recently saying, you know what, I'll be the one that sits this one out. You know, I don't want Oh, no, 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 it would be cabinet members, so it wouldn't be Republicans, at least not right now. Oh, no. And then, and then remember when Air Force One came out and everyone asked, is there an escape pod on Air Force One? Yeah, and, and that was one where uh, the Air Force actually just came out and said no. No. Uh, and then there was, uh, in uh, was it um, um, the one... Uh, well, and, and in fairness for, to the Air Force, like the thing that they're describing... Um, you know, the, the thing that you see in Air Force One, there's no way you could hide that in the airplane and not have people know it was there. Right. Oh. And, then, and, then, oh, and then the other one, the, um, the, the rocket launchers in front of the White House, you know, like the, the Patriot missiles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, they don't have those either. <laughs> but in movies, man, movies, they come up with these great ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's uh, there's an author named uh, Brad Meltzer who does a lot of uh, a lot of thrillers, and and he's actually um, he he's he's actually been contracted by the Department of Homeland Security, like to to be part of a think tank where they they will actually say, okay, if you were if you were a bad guy and you wanted to really hit the U.S., you know, what would you do? What do you what do you think like their next move would be? And to sort of game out scenarios like that. So you know they they, um, they they actually make an effort to to predict what's going to happen. And again, these are all really great ideas. Don't get me wrong, fascinating. I think, but whether it's true or not is the one thing. It's whether I can get you to believe that it's true. <laughs> That's the pitch. That is the the, the challenge. And although these days it's pretty obvious that I can people believe just about anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, as evidenced by you know pretty much this election. Um, but but yes, as far as I know, um, there is actually a cabinet member that does not go to the uh, to the State of the Union and also you know any other joint session of Congress where the president speaks. Although there haven't been many of those lately. You know, really these days right now it's, it seems to just be the State of the Union. You know, like like Kennedy's address to congress where he said you know we're going to go to the moon that was actually a special address to congress just for that and you know like president uh president bush addressed congress right after 9 11 and um i think uh, uh president obama did a special address on health care right before all that um all that made its way through congress uh, and i think that may have been the last one so you so right now it tends to be just the state of the union uh but as far as i know there actually is a designated uh cabinet member you know sometimes it's called the doomsday cabinet member sometimes it's the designated survivor that does that and uh, you know you'll be happy to know that there was a year where it was in fact hillary clinton and naturally republicans were making a lot of jokes about uh about that yeah. uh, all i know is protect elizabeth warren she's our most precious asset in the in the senate or, or just in general in general oh, okay everywhere everywhere <laughs> i i would i would say let's protect elon musk at all costs but you oh, know elon musk. well but see elon musk is already protected again elon musk 
I mean, well, let me just, let me just say, let me, let me just yeah. say, the the Earth gets hit by an asteroid, or there's a nuclear catastrophe, or something. You know, half the population has been wiped out. I have my choice. I can save one: Elizabeth Warren or Elon Musk. I'm going with Elon Musk. Well, no, no offense to Elizabeth Warren, but I'm going with him. <laughs> He already has his space dirigible, you know, <laughs> to launch off to, you know, that, that next habitable planet. So I'm not worried about Elon Musk. Yeah, he's, he's already got a plan to survive. It's, it's okay. I want Elon Musk to save me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so some other big news in the, in the geek world this week was that uh, Harley Quinn is getting her own spinoff. I'm not, I'm not sure there was a huge shock because, you know, there were so, there were so much mixed reviews from uh, from uh, a Suicide Squad, but everybody everybody pretty much agreed that 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 she was pretty great in it. Yeah, I mean, she's she's what made the movie. That's the one part that everyone walks away with. And um, I mean, you really could have just called Suicide Squad Harley and the others. <laughs> Harley and Will Smith. Harley and Will Smith, because it was just, you know, them riffing at each other most of the time. Um, the 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 whole idea that Harley Quinn can carry her own series, though, that'll be uh, interesting, because what what is the one thing that got most folks, you know, kind of um, drawn in was, you know, Harley Quinn on her own, great character, and in the comics, they've done a lot with her. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the movies, she's still kind of like, joined at the hip with the Joker. Yeah, and you can't really do like uh, a spinoff that's an origin story. I suppose you could, but it's not, you know, it's not like you're going to be plowing new territory there. Yeah, I mean, well, they've done a lot of stuff with her in the comics again. I think the big uh, criticism, you know, I think the most valid criticism of the, the, the Suicide Squad movie and the portrayal of Harley Quinn is that it it you know for her in the in the movie she's still very much enamored with the joker which most everyone agrees is a fairly abusive relationship yeah so, so in the comics she's since kind of broken free of that and and grown beyond that um which if she if she broke free of that and and grew beyond it wouldn't she go back to being a legit you know psychologist as opposed to uh you know whacking people over the head with a baseball bat well, but that's no fun. That's true, yeah. Yeah, you can't make a comic book about, you know, Harley Quinn psychologist. Hey, <laughs> I would totally buy that comic book. Although, again, I haven't read the I haven't read the most recent incarnation of hers in the comics. I mean, for all I know, she is doing that sort of thing in the comics. In fact, I could kind of see her being like, say, a counselor for folks who are, you know, um, I, if I was going to pitch it again, and I haven't read a Harley Quinn comic, so if people were listen to the podcast and they go Elliot you dork they already do that I would have you know I would picture as Harley Quinn psychologist for victims of supervillains you know oh that's yeah that's again I I would totally buy that yeah right. or, you know or, or like trying to help supervillains rehabilitate themselves um, and, and and going from there I mean now maybe they're doing that already in the comics I don't know uh, that's also a somewhat similar thing that they did with the doc savage that doc savage doc Samson character in the Hulk comics uh, dr. Leonard Samson who intentionally exposed himself to the same gamma rays that Bruce uh, 
Bruce Banner um, was exposed to that create, uh, created the Hulk. But because uh, Leonard Sampson, you know, was like, wow, I want that kind of power. I want to be like, you know, Bruce Banner. He made himself into Doc Sampson and is Doc Sampson. He's a psychologist for um, for superheroes with issues. <laughs> Which it seems like all superheroes, whether they uh, have actual superpowers or they're, you know, they're somebody like Iron Man. It seems like they're all working through something. Something. Although now Iron Man has changed yet again. Apparently in the comic books, Victor Von Doom is taking over as Iron Man in the comics. I thought uh, Iron Man was going to be a woman now. Well, that's, well, the Iron Man character book is going to be featuring a woman, yes. But... You know, I'll be honest. I'm trying to explain it in a way that's not confusing, but <laughs> I'm confused. It might so, be. It might be impossible. It might be impossible. Uh, but, 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 so back to the issue with Harley Quinn in the movie. You know, I can see that being a lot of fun, but you can only do so much of her. You know, fighting people, jumping and hitting people with a baseball bat, right? Because um, after a while, that gets fairly redundant. We all know that. Um, you know, well, I know. I when I saw. Uh, the Suicide Squad movie, it turned into a video game there near the end and to the point where I'm like, okay, when is this over? So <laughs> they're gonna, they will have to come up with something new to make Harley Quinn work. Now, so that, that gets to the point that I wanted to make about, uh, about Man of Steel. Um, you know, that apparently there is going to be a sequel. And I, I thought that to a certain extent, the fact that, uh, you know, they had killed Superman... Um, you know, and obviously it's a superhero movie, so you know he's not really dead. And he wasn't dead in the, you know, in the in the comic book when you know he was killed by by Doomsday anyway. So he had a pretty good bet. He was pretty good idea he was going to come back. But I thought that was kind of um, an acknowledgement on their part that maybe this uh, this iteration of Superman hadn't quite worked out the way they wanted, and you know maybe let's focus on Batfleck for a while and and, and see how that goes. But it turns out, apparently, they're actually going to go ahead with another Man of Steel sequel. Uh, they'll probably call it, like, you know, Superman, uh, you know, Adventures of Superman or, or the other. Remember what they did with Spider-Man? They, they every time they reboot it, they just didn't call it Spider-Man. They called it Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, so, so it was Spider-Man. Now it's, uh, our, it, first it was Spider-Man, then it was the Amazing Spider-Man. And now I think there's a third version, isn't there? Well, they're calling it, well, the, this new movie is supposed to be called Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, so, so, so now they're just going with the colon at the end. Right. Um, the colon blow. Right. <laughs> so get some, get some roughage in there. So... <laughs> But uh, uh, with um, you can't have a Batman movie and a Wonder Woman movie and not have a Superman movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Plus, uh, Jeff Johns has taken on way more creative control as far as how the movies are going. Uh, many folks know Jeff Johns as um, the the head of creative direction for DC Comics, and they've they've pretty much put him in charge of the the direction of the movies. And he probably said, guys, we can't make movies and not have a Superman film because Superman, you consider this, um, Superman is one of the most recognizable characters in the world. I mean, uh, uh, the Superman symbol, you know, you see that everywhere around the world. But, um, but you know, so he, he's recognizable for being sort of, um, 
you know, in the same way Captain America is, you know, like sort of an idealized version of, you know, what America stands for. Uh, you know, yeah. truth, justice, and all that stuff, and truth like that—that was—that was completely missing from uh, from this version. Probably because he's British. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was completely missing. He was just kind of, you know, I, I think the emphasis was more on all the cool stuff that he could do, and not that he was, you know, trying to, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, something that all of us could could, you know, a, a role model for all of us. And it was really just, hey, look at all this cool stuff he can do. To a, something to aspire, right? Right. Aspire to. Uh, it's, it, uh, the more and more I think about it, the more I think that the current Superman is quite uh, quite American. I mean, look at it. He gets full of his own power. Okay. Uh, yeah. His his journalistic integrity is questionable. Also true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And whenever he deals with a foreign power, he causes more damage than... than um, even when he's trying to do good, he, he just ends up uh, causing more damage. Causes more damage. I mean, come on, dude. You know, like, couldn't you take this battle somewhere else? Yeah, come on. So, so really what you're saying is that uh, uh, the, the new iteration of Superman is just a, a, a mirror for Donald Trump's America. <laughs> well... I think Donald Trump is more Zod than Superman. I mean, <laughs> that would be like Zod's Krypton. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.